Salutations, and welcome to the 15th episode of the In The House podcast. I, I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am still flying high after last night's U.S. Open Cup fourth round victory over MLS team New England Revolution. It almost made going into work this morning bearable. I wanted to share my love for the game and for the team with all of the people at work, and none of them cared at all. I gave it. I, I explained it to them as dramatically and excitedly as possible, and yet I got nothing. <laughs> That's unfortunate. It was. Uh, I, this is the point in the show where I would normally welcome in my co-host Andy Frederick from an exotic and obscure location. And unfortunately, he's not here tonight because he is actually in an exotic and obscure location (laughs) somewhere in the wilds of New Mexico or Arizona or somewhere in the American Great Southwest. I hope he's not trapped 127 hours somewhere. Uh, But he's really, he's got really long arms. It'd be easy to be trapped that way. So filling in for him is our uh, co-host, Sub-host with the most, David <laughs> O'Connell, back Hello. for more. Hello. David, welcome back. Thank you very much. Did Great you en- to be back. Did you enjoy the game last night? Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been more exciting. Being down twice and coming back, I mean, it was just awesome. Completely great atmosphere. I thought oh, I had. Absolutely. I had a Everybody blast. Everybody was in it. That stadium was rocking. It was. A, I mean, it was just a blast. Your boy Nikki was pounding on the drums, yes, keeping he was. keeping Scouse's house entertained and <laughs> on rhythm. <laughs> yes, indeed, he was outstanding. When he wasn't wrestling with Jack. When he wasn't wrestling, which is a problem with eleven-year-olds. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, fortunately, tonight, since David and I would have to do the heavy lifting, we've brought in. Some uh, serious soccer weight. We've brought in the vice president of the Scouse's House Supporters Group, the man who should Scouse be unable to fulfill his duties, <laughs> should Scouse be embroiled in some heinous controversy and had to be impeached, the man who would fill his shoes, Kevin Wassano, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm really thrilled to have you. Really excited. We've, we talked about when we were coming up with the idea for the podcast. We were yeah. like, we got to have Kevin on. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're 15 episodes in. <laughs> And this is the first one you've been. And on. it's not the first time you've invited me either. I did, I did, I couldn't make one, but I'm here tonight. I'm excited. I'm like a kid at Christmas. VP, VPs have things to do. Yeah, understand. but they really do. We have to take care of scouts. A lot of. <laughs> we have to take care of scouts. <laughs> and a lot of ceremonial yeah, duties. Job. Absolutely. You got yeah. a lot of ribbon cuttings uh, yep. and uh, babies to kiss. This I understand. Is right. This is right. Who knows when election season comes around <laughs> next? I remember that this election cycle was particularly brutal. You did have to raise your hand. I did. I did. Yeah, that yeah. was. But with the foresight and knowledge, Scouse's House re-elected you to your post. Yeah, I only had to fill out like 20 slips myself to get it. <laughs> and he won 20 to nothing. That's right. Uh, no, Kevin's here. He is a great soccer fan, a great supporter of the team, and we're excited to get to chat both about the team and about his own personal life. We're going to get in there. So, all right. Kevin knows the drill. The first thing we do on a Scouse's House in the House podcast is toss that coin. So and if mind you, will you please. he was amazed that this was real. I am amazed. <laughs> I, it, I thought it was a cheesy sound effect. It is a real coin for those listening. It really is real. So Ooh. we're going to give this a go. It's not going on the floor. Come on, Tails. Holy yeah. cow. It wow. is Tails again. Yes. It is now 10 to 5 in favor of Tails. 10-5. 
The laws of probability are out the window at this point. We're going to have to go to the boat after this. Yes. Oh, I'm doing it. Uh, all right. Uh, my wife's not here. I said, in fact, let's just shut this thing down now and go to the boat. None of my wife is here. All right. All right. So because it's Tails, we begin with a game review. And last night's game was wow. something to behold. Oh, no. All right. So you're always going to be excited going into a game against an MLS team. This is the third time we've played an MLS side. We lost to the Chicago Fire in 2015 when we were about, you know, two weeks old. We ended up beating who was then our uh, affiliate MLS side, Orlando City. But we beat their C-plus team. They didn't bring a single one of their starters for that game, as I remember. It was uh, fun to win, but it wasn't much of a competition. I think we ended up winning like 3-1. We kind of rolled over them. Last night, though, was a competitive environment. It was balls to the wall. They played, frankly, I'm seeing some rumblings on Twitter that it wasn't their full A-side. And it's true, it wasn't. But they also didn't bring out the scrubs. Like they, they, they played four of their regular starters in the starting lineup, and all three of the subs they brought on were regular starters. So you ended up with a pretty competent MLS team. And in theory, even your subs on an MLS team should be better than the starters for a USL <laughs> team, or they'd be playing in the USL. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So the fact that we were able to go in there and get a 3-2 to two victory was outstanding. David, what were your impressions? Uh, just to start off, watching them warm up and uh, seeing the beginning of the game, honestly, I was intimidated for the boys because those dudes were huge. Yeah, they were. I mean, those are huge athletes. I mean, they were a head above all of us. They were massive. So I was intimidated. Agreed. But, uh, and they were fast. Mm-hmm. Very fast. But That, uh, that was the immediate impression for me, too. As soon as the game started, it. it was like, oh, goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some, <laughs> they're huge. Some athletes. <laughs> and especially, you get out and you fall behind one nothing and... In the first four minutes, on a bit of a gaff from Dobro yeah. getting the start in the U.S. Open Cup game, it's tough, Kevin. When you've got to come from behind right from go, it's easy to fall out of your game plan, start doing stuff you wouldn't normally do. How did you think the guys responded? I mean, what it was it six minutes? I think we got back into the game pretty quickly. Absolutely. Um, you know, Tim makes that mistake, and you know that happens. It happens every every week for different goalkeepers. So I mean, he rubbed it, got rid of it pretty quick. Um, I think we just we kept to that game plan straight. We we kept hustling them. Um, yeah, I was impressed. I mean, yeah, the pressure, the pressure, the average. offensive pressure we yeah. had was amazing. Yeah. I mean, we possessed the ball quite a bit that mm-hmm. game. I we mean, did that was amazing. We did. Uh, you 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 catch back up, and you've got all the momentum, <laughs> and you're feeling like, all right, it's one one. We're playing really well. The midfield is flying around. They were great disruptors yes. for the entire yeah, game. They were. I, I loved the way the midfield played. And I'm not just talking Paolo and Speedy. I thought that uh, both Oscar and Kyle pinched in real well, forced them that if they wanted to try to make a, if they wanted to try to go through the middle, they were going to have a hard time doing it. Uh, and then we conceded another damn goal. <laughs> yeah. And this time an own goal. Pat McMahon just trying to get a toe on the ball, put one in the back of the net. These things happen. Yeah. It just stinks. You're going, it's completely against the run of play. We, we're, we're dominating the game, and uh, you're down again in the 26th minute, I mm-hmm. think, that goal happened. Oh, yep. And you're thinking, around around the 39th minute or 40th minute, I'm thinking, all right, if we can go in down a goal. That was borderline heartbreaking. Like, it was. Going down again, mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But it never seemed to me like the guys panicked at all. No. They they fe- it felt right. like they played 
exactly the same game the entire way, which was super encouraging. And uh, Cameron just puts in another goal. I mean, the guy is just scoring right now, and there's not he's phenomenal. He he's putting balls on net, which oh, is exciting. His free kick he had right in front of us down there. I mean, what a perfectly placed ball. I mean, yep. that, that was a really good keeper. You got to get a hand up upper yep. corner. I mean, that was amazing. The action on the ball. I mean, yeah. it curved in beautifully. You got to give a lot of credit to Knighton on that save. I oh, thought yeah. that one was going to fall, but uh, he did manage to put one in. Just. Pulled it straight across the front of the goal. There was not, a lot of shielding. There wasn't much that the keeper could do about it. It was another classic Cam Lancaster goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's strong. I mean, he, he's hard to get off the ball when he's getting it done. He's got a lot of skill. So. I, I thought in particular that three players to me looked like they didn't just play well, but looked like they belonged on a field with those big athletes, those strong, fast MLS guys. I have no trouble imagining the concept of Cameron Lancaster being a mm-hmm. uh, being an MLS player. Absolutely, I have no trouble imagining uh, our man Hulk Sean Tosh bodying up against oh, some. Oh, definitely. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he, he Frank trained a couple of those big boys yesterday. It was he awesome. did more than <laughs> held his own. I, the only thing that might hold him back is height. Every other aspect of the game, it felt like he is an ideal three-man back line uh, MLS type international quality. Fullback, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but and then first, and then first and foremost, the man of the match, Brian Ownby. Oh, oh, yeah. He yeah. he looked like the best player on the field the entire game. He, really he didn't did. just look like our best player. He looked like the best player. Yeah, no, nah, he was juking those guys. I mean, they were almost falling over a couple oh, times. Was. It was yeah, it was amazing. He he, sh- he physically shook a guy off to score the game winner, which was a <laughs> rocket. Amazing. Shook him off. I mean, it was one of those things where you could tell that the defender just thought, I'm going to body him up. He's either going to go down or I'm going to win the ball. And oh, well, I'll give up a I'll give up a free kick from 26 yards exactly. and see if they yeah. can take their chances. But Omi just shook him off, yep. moved over to his right. And let it rip. What a rip, man. It was great. Oh. And a game winner, and oh my God, the noise oh, at Lynn Stadium was fantastic. Oh, yeah. it was. The whole game. Yeah. Only well, expression was... after it happened. I mean, oh. his celebration, you see how excited he was? Oh, yeah. I mean, he knew that was an incredible goal. Well, I because mean, that, we deserved it at that, that, that point. So I think, cool. he, I think he, we knew we deserved to be up in that game. Oh, and yeah. to, to go in yep. front for the first time and have it, you know, at that point, 3 2, we've yep. got this game. And, and especially felt that way because we did such a great job mm-hmm. of keeping them from doing what they wanted. Yeah. Uh, only in the last three or four minutes of the game when we are in complete park the bus, hold on for dear life mode. And <laughs> and up until like the 86th, 87th minute, we were still attacking and yes. creating chances and going after interceptions in the midfield. Mm-hmm. It was great. With that last three or four minutes, they started having a little bit of possession around 20, 23 yards out at the top of the box. Uh, but it didn't look like there was a way through for them. There was always somebody in the way. I thought Pat McMahon and Paco both played great. Uh, the back line is just—I I don't have—I don't have any new words just, for they're it. Just solid. They I mean, are solid. That's what I was going to use. They just solid. We they're say it show up every always. week. Every week we come out of it like I don't know what else to say. Right. They're they. They are where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They are strong enough and smart enough with the ball. They don't make the dumb mistake. I mean, I know McMahon gave up the goal off, but it wasn't even a dumb mistake. It was a normal <laughs> reaching for a cross. Sorry, and, McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is, I mean, it just was what it was. It wasn't even a dumb mistake. It was just bad luck in the run of play. Yeah, it really was. And really what he was doing was stopping the guy that he was marking from a tap-in goal. Yeah. So if he doesn't put a boot on it, that's going in from right. the other guy. But uh, 
the back line just held their own again. And I thought that we played better holding uh, offense than we have all year. I thought that yeah. Cameron, who you don't usually peg as a guy to play the long ball to and trust him to hold it up for the offense and the cavalry to arrive, did a great job of taking some balls, some hot balls, mm-hmm. out of the air and uh, putting them on the ground, giving time for the uh, for the attacking midfielders to get into a corner or get to the 18-yard box and did a nice job of making choices. And yeah. I think when you have the speed of Ombi, though, I think that helps him out. Oh, yeah. Because when you've got the speed of Ombi going down the wing. It changed just, the entire yes, dynamic of the game. You are completely right. You guys did a great job avoiding the traps, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, we did not have many offsides. I mean, they, no, they were right where they should be every time. And first. they played such a high line against us. New England, I think they really... I'm not in their locker room. I don't know what all is being said before games, but you got a hint of it from what Brad Friedel said after the game about how, you know, we thought we could just throw on the jersey and we're an MLS Mm -hmm. team and we should win these games. He said it very diplomatically. I'm not trying to – but it really did feel like they thought – we're going to be more athletic than these guys. We're going to be stronger and faster and bigger, like we all thought uh, when we walked out. Wise, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And they thought that they could just take the ball from us whenever they wanted and keep the ball whenever they wanted, and they couldn't. We wouldn't let them do it. And it was great seeing them play such a high line and let Ownby get behind them over and oh, over yeah. and over. He just was beating that yeah. guy. It was it was our overall passing to make that happen. Yeah, I mean our mm-hmm. passing was just on point. Well, I it mean, was so quick. Yep. It was fast. It, it was, was a lot like the Cincinnati game. Very fast and getting the ball out to the yep. wide players. Quickly. Agreed. It was good. It was good to watch. It was a great time. It was a lot of really nice work in triangles between whoever, whichever side of the fullback you were with. And then either Paolo or Speedy, mm-hmm. and then either Oscar or Kyle. They worked very nice triangles, and then whichever one of them had the opportunity and saw Ownby or Davis, who also played a very nice he game, did yes. uh, created a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Whether they saw Davis or Ownby making the run, they passed in that triangle until they saw it open up, and then they hit it. Mm-hmm. It was just really good soccer. It really like, was. They, they played so well. It was... It was a joy to watch. I mean, honestly, you saw the uh, coach's interview post game. Yeah, I mean, couldn't have been more excited. The, the coach was excited. Uh, that's a good day. Yeah, that's a great day. <laughs> when, when when James O'Connor isn't going, well, we did a lot of things well, but we've got a lot to work on. When he's not saying that after a win, you know that he, they executed what he wanted. Absolutely. I I don't have a special new unusual way of saying how proud I am of these guys and how well they played and how hard they fought. I just know that this was this goes up there for me with the five nothing drubbing of Cincinnati. Right. With yeah. the semifinal and the final last year. It goes up there with those three games as my favorite game watching this team play soccer in four years. I completely agree. Yeah. That was just huge. It was epic. And it means that we get to play again. I know. Yes. It's an extra game. There are 16 teams left. And well, at this moment, there are probably well, like uh, right. 26 teams left, right. and a few at more will be day. eliminated. I think Kevin's over here looking at scores. We are at 8.15 on Wednesday night, which means that uh, most of the East Coast and Midwest U.S. Open Cup matches are currently underway, including FC Cincinnati playing against Minnesota United, who are hapless is the wrong word, but they are not one of the stronger MLS sides. I, I, I fancy FC Cincinnati to give them a real tough game. Which, at which home. before this, before we started recording this podcast, Evan made a statement. What was that? I did. I said that I am <laughs> cautiously 
I'm cautiously <laughs> and rooting is the wrong word. I am Voting. I am supporting <laughs> I am supporting FC Cincinnati tonight. <laughs> not not out loud. Not and this not, not out on loud. the podcast. This seems called out loud. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna be like watching the game going, yeah. I just uh, I I'd like You're to see, for the league. I'd like to see them yes. win because a they're still in the USL, and the better the USL does, right. the more credibility we have as a league, and the more. Uh, audience attention we're going to have for the league. Because last year, FC Cincinnati's run was great, but it wasn't USL side does great. It was... Cincinnati is an up-and-coming soccer town, right? Which yeah. is which is great, which and it is was they, true. Which is what they were going for, their sure. Last bid, which they. Got. But if you could have two or three of the USL sides make it into the sixteen, and you oh, have yeah. maybe two of them make it into the final eight, then you start building a narrative about the USL having a lot are we, of. Are we bridging that gap? Right, and uh, well, it becomes more difficult for the MLS to brush it off as a. Yeah. Well, these team, this one team, were right. really good that year. Exactly, and and time. and we brought them up to MLS. <laughs> Right, so, exactly. Right. It's like promotion, <laughs> except not at all. Um, but, and the other reason that I am uh, okay with the concept of our biggest rivals moving on is because, well, that's just one more team in the tournament that we know we can beat. <laughs> I, I don't watch enough MLS games oh, to know so if we true. can beat these other guys. I do know we can beat them because they can't score on us. So I feel confident that if we were to uh, face Amazing. them in the Open Cup, we'd have a, have a nice shot at advancing. Whether that's in the next round or the round of eight, I'll be rooting for USL sides. Even, no, I agree. Even yeah. when I find them distasteful. It only makes sense. It's, yeah. it's hard to say it, but yeah. I, I in a roundabout way, it helps our boys. I will not be saying it out loud. But exactly. Yeah. I understand. I won't I say understand. It on social media, I mean. Absolutely. But <laughs> as, as a final note I'll, uh, about uh, the U.S. Open Cup win, I'll just say, so damn proud. Uh it felt like a it felt like a community win last mm-hmm. night. It didn't just feel like oh, oh yeah absolutely. it's cool. The Lynn Stadium crowd was rocking. I was really impressed and pleased with how into it the sideline fans were. Yeah. It wasn't just the Coopers and the Scouse's house and the supporters groups going nuts. You could see that the fans in it, the seats were excited. Yeah, and a lot of them, I don't think a lot of those are the regulars. I think that right. was some people that came out to watch an MLS team play yeah. and fell in love with Little City. Right. I imagine that you know there, were, there were U of L fans who are out there to see uh, Andrew Farrell play. Right. And they got to see, you know, uh, that they've got a local team that can compete against anybody. Absolutely. And as we're inching into the summer, and now most schools in the area are closed, college is out for the summer, now that we're into that time period, now's when we've really got to start seeing that attendance start to climb. Mm -hmm. And a game like that will help give us momentum. Oh, yeah. We need... uh, Attendance has been slightly some good weather. Attendance has been slightly down compared to last year, which is sad, given that we're coming off an Open Cup championship. I mean, not an Open Cup, a USL Cup championship. (laughs) Right, and and uh, this team just looks like it's good and is going to stay good. We need to start uh, building some momentum with that uh, attendance. So I'm hopeful that last night's game will help with that because it really did. It felt like a community win. And, uh, and like like the reason I'm saying that a lot of people really didn't have city mm-hmm. merchandise on. No, there like, was a lot of people it, with it, shirts. Yeah, it was obvious that yeah. they weren't the regulars. I mean, I mean you're on campus, was, so that's to be expected. People, I guarantee they're going to have some soon. And the exciting year. thing is also seeing people wearing purple, but not loose city gear. Just people who are like, oh yeah, we're purple. Yeah, I've got right. a purple shirt. Exactly. <laughs> and that uh, in two weeks when we come home for a home match, then maybe you see them that day 
wearing uh, Lou City jerseys. Here's hoping. All right, that concludes our game review. We will now move on to the game. I kind of don't want to quit talking about it, really. Talk about it more. I'd be willing to do a full hour and a half about, about that. Uh, if, Who wants to talk about Bethlehem? I mean, really. <laughs> if, you would, if, if you would rather discuss the fact that I didn't feel like we were outplayed at any position mm-hmm. on the field all night, that was the most exciting thing to me to see in terms of just a bill. Coach O'Connor is always going to put together an okay game plan. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive that X's and O's is the real strength of his game. I think that his, the strength of his game is getting his guys to buy in. Right. I think that his strength is uh, knowing what the other team wants to do and shutting that down more than creating an awesome game plan for his team. Yeah. He's an amazing coach, the cream of the crop in the USL, no doubt. I, I agree. But... Last night, it didn't feel like James O'Connor won that game for us. It felt like every guy on the field outplayed the man standing across from him. That's exciting. Man, I, that's a James I, I, O'Connor thing too, though. Yeah, I agree with that, but yeah, that's his motivation. Yeah. He you you only had week. to look at the players at the end of this. There's not many teams you can look at that win a game that every single player is hugging each other. Right. There's always a couple of players breaking off, but these guys, it's I think, true. just believe in each other. Oh, They're yeah. like a family. And when you have the fans doing that too and believing in that, yes. I think it just creates this environment of like, we are purple. Right. That we are, this is our purple family. We believe in you. And I, and I keep seeing good things going ahead. You're absolutely right. It's, it's an that, exciting time to be purple. I know Dobro had, like we said, we had his little bobble in the beginning, but he came out huge after that. His emotion mm-hmm. was awesome. And I, I mean, he was ecstatic back there, jumping around. I mean, I love seeing that. that very so vocal with the yes, guys, too, helping it. with positioning. And I thought played a really nice sweeper keeper. He played up at his 18-yard box a He's lot. He's got some foot skills. He he actually, that was nice to see. Sometimes more than we want him to. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. You were probably a striker in high school. We're Just all strikers. the ball. <laughs> Hey, Just I, I enjoyed it. He cleared it, and he clears it successfully. He does, and and uh, it's one of those we've talked about it before. But Tim Doberwalski could easily be a starter on, I don't know, twenty five of the USL teams. Ninety percent of the teams. Yeah, twenty five of the USL teams, and everything I hear says that his backup Hubbard may be the best of the lot between all three oh of them. Oh, I can't wait to see him. what this guy. Can I'm, do. I'm afraid we might not ever see what he can do. He's I'm got afraid. A championship in Notre Dame, right? He did. He won a national title at Notre Dame. He and that's something. Yeah, I'm afraid that he's going to get one year of seasoning here, and Coach O'Connor is going to throw a recommendation his way to somebody else who's already seen him. Right, and uh, that he'll get picked up by another club. I hope we get to see him, but also I would love to see him in action. Greg and if we go if we go the next six years with Greg and Tim as our keepers, I'll be like, hey, sign me up now, please. Nothing to complain about. I'm still mildly concerned about Greg's hip though. Hmm. He does more stretching than I've ever seen him do, and it just it seems like that leg's a tad weak. I'm I'm a little nervous about it. And yet week after week, he pulls off the impulse. Oh no, you're right. Shutouts, one bad goal. (laughs) Shutout, one bad goal. It's I'll I'll take it. I know it's insane. If he's if he's at if he's at seventy eight percent health, then the world is in trouble when he gets (laughs) (laughs) completely. Now we're concluded with our game review. Unless, do you guys want to talk? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Now we're completed with our game review, and that will move us forward to a game preview. I would love to be able to preview our next U.S. Open Cup match, which will take place two weeks from now. When's the draw? Uh, The draw is tomorrow. It is on Facebook and on the U.S. Open Cup website and the U.S. 
Soccer Federation website. You can follow it live at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So Thursday at 11 a.m. Thursday at 11 a.m. So today, if you're hearing this, if it might be 11 a.m. and you should turn <laughs> us off <laughs> and go find out who Louisville is playing. No, and then come no, back and hear the rest. Pause it. Yeah, then come back and hear the rest. Because uh, it's going to be super exciting as we talk about Bethlehem Steel. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I super like it. It's a great name. I, just, I, I like I, the name. Yeah. Bethlehem Steel. It's, they're not like, you know, the the Bethlehem, you know, steel mongers. They're just steel. I, I'm completely yeah. fine with it. It's and it's strong. little little town in Pennsylvania. Honestly, they're a pretty good firm. I mean, we mm-hmm. can't, uh, let's not short them. Absolutely not. I mean, they're, I mean, they're a very good team. But, they they are consistently in that group of teams that I think of as being the, the second tier in the USL right now, where for the last couple of years, not right now, but for the last couple of years, it's been Tampa and New York and Rochester Charles, and us. I really do miss the Rhinos. Who have all sorry, been but. who have all been in that top little group with Cincinnati, who only get that recognition because they're they've always been dangerous. Like you always thought they might be able to knock somebody off. Uh, but then right behind that you get Charlotte and Charleston and Pittsburgh and uh, and Bethlehem have all been right there in that mm-hmm. next group of teams that you had to be concerned about and I, that will usually make the playoffs and then well, it depends on their matchups. Right. Good team, always well coached. Uh, they, We've played them once already this year. It was a home game for us the first time around and we took the victory 3-1. You might remember this game specifically from being the fact that we got ahead 3-0 in the first 20 minutes, yeah, 22 right. minutes. 22 minutes, yep. yep. So had a three nothing lead and then really called off the do- <coughs> excuse me really called off the dogs. Uh, you ended up seeing Paco come off, which we've learned later was mostly precautionary, but he came off after about twenty seven minutes. And from the time Paco came off the field, we no longer looked like the uh, the the super dominant side. Now some of that is playing with a lead. Some of that is a changed up back line. I think Alexi was playing in that game. We didn't have McMahon at that point either. And so you're seeing a back line that's Kyle Smith, Tosh, and Alexi. You always you always feel good when Paco and Tosh are back there together. Yes, yes. I would agree with that. Yeah, but sure. yeah. it, that three-man back line with Kyle having to play in the back, it's not – it doesn't instill as no. much confidence in me. <laughs> no. Um, and we did give up a goal. It was a nice, well-struck goal from like – the turf monster, I think, from like 22 yards, just that was a good finish. Right. It was, it was just nice, and yeah. it wasn't, but it wasn't against the run of play. They didn't dominate us after that point or anything. It just we no longer looked like our hearts were as completely in it as we could, as they could have been. I do remember that game. Uh, Ownby came back on in that game. That was the first game he saw action of in the year, right? And uh, he was not yet himself, no, like he not. clearly his, is his now. Speed was not there like it was mm-hmm. yesterday. That's for sure. He just didn't have his game legs under him yet, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's your first game of the yeah. year. But uh, yesterday, I played 77 minutes. I think it was. That's, that's, I mean, it's, so, it's so good to see. I don't want him playing I'm 90 so happy anyway. He's back. I, mean, I want him to go full tilt, hard ass, all the way, nutso beard man. Yeah, but you got to think about when he ripped that shot. That was late in the game. It was. I mean, it was an hour in. It was in the 62nd minute. Was, I yeah, love him. Been playing for a while, dude. I love the idea of him playing 70 minutes. 70 minutes is ideal because he can go whole hog yeah. for 70 minutes. Yep. 
And then get him off of there, get some fresh legs on for the last 20 and preserve him for the next game. I don't need him to go 90. I need him to go 65 to 70. Just get at it. No one will catch him. So it was great seeing him back in that Bethlehem Steel game. And uh, I think that we're a different side right now than we were at that point. But they're a different side. They've Mm -hmm. played well. Uh, They've picked up some nice victories, including 3-0 over New York. I know they beat Indy in Indy, which is something we didn't manage to do. Exactly. Uh, they've also taken some unusual losses. Uh, the loss to Ottawa looks better and better now because yeah, Ottawa well, has they, continued they're, improving. They're definitely stepping it up. They are. But when it happened, it was like, you just lost to Ottawa? <laughs> I, I think even, they were second from bottom at the time. Uh, not, not good. No, they were terrible. Um, they, uh, they haven't been tying. They haven't been drawing. They've either been going out and winning games or losing games. I think that they're 12 games in, and they've drawn twice. So that tells you that this is a team that they're either going to they're gonna take it to you and hope mm-hmm. they win. I like us in this matchup. Uh, one thing to remember about Bethlehem is that they are a farm team. Uh, they belong to the Philadelphia Union, and so Philly will call up players and send players down. And they, like all of the MLS2 teams, they, uh, they don't have the continuity you might really like to have. But when they're playing well, they play very well. Yeah. Uh, they're a dangerous team. I don't expect us to roll them. And I, I wonder if it's maybe a trap game too because you're coming off of a huge win. Emotions are running high. It's a road game before another U.S. Open Cup match. At, we've just won a U.S. Open Cup match in Cincy. So you're just feeling like kings of the world. And then now you got to go play a feisty team in their house. I don't know. I, I don't expect James O'Connor to ever let anybody le- that, overlook that's what someone. I'm like our guys don't really have a history of letting up after a no, huge win. I mean, no, they they thrive on that, dude. They're like, no, we want more of this. I think this season's a little different though, is because we won the championship last year. Everyone wants to beat the best team. Absolutely. So everyone oh, steps yeah. their game up. So when you go to play against teams like Bethlehem, and you play against teams not so much Ottawa and Toronto, because who cares? <laughs> right. Um, teams like Bethlehem, it, it, they do have good players. They're quick and they're they've got good forward players, but they're not great at the back. No. By by all means. Um, but this definitely is one game I'm looking at going, if we can just get a 1-0 and get out of there, I'm really going to be happy. Right. And that's where I think James earns his keep because yeah. he has he gets those guys in the right frame of mind yeah. to get that done. I think we've played five home games so far and five road games of our 10. We've won all of our home games because, come on, who's, be- who's beating <laughs> us here? And we've won two games in Cincinnati. and then But outside of playing along the Ohio River – we haven't been great on the road no. so far this year. We dropped one in Indy. Yep. We dropped one in Nashville. Yep. And we drew in Atlanta. So of our five road games, you got the two Cincy wins, which is awesome. And then three, our only three non-wins of the season have all been on the road. Wow. I, I don't know if you know they've gotten bad hotel rooms. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But uh, I, I just hope that we come out and sort of – it would be nice to start heading into the – we're at the third of the way through the season, Mark. I'd like to start seeing us create some space, mm-hmm. create a little bit of distance between us and some of the other teams. We're a game – a point behind Cincinnati at the moment mm-hmm. with two games in hand. Two. I, I find it extremely difficult to imagine that in two games we don't manage to score a point. I just find that very difficult to imagine. Oh, yeah. But – it can happen. It, we went two games in a row without scoring a point Very just true. two weeks ago. Very true. So even though we're coming off of three straight wins and feeling good and everybody feels like the ship is righted and this is an exciting team, 
you don't want to let off the gas. And I don't want to be in a I don't want to be in a seeding battle. Like I don't want to look up after twenty three games and go, man, we're one point behind or two points clear or what. I want to be seven eight points clear. Maybe that's greedy, and maybe that's expecting too much. But I really feel like this is the best team in the league, yeah, right. and that you got to prove that on the field every damn week. Right. They just have to remember. I mean, yes, you played an MLS team, you beat them. That's a tournament. Mm-hmm. That's not your regular season. Right. Your regular season is what counts. It does, because if we go out in the next round of the U.S. Open Cup, everybody will just go, hey, we beat an MLS hey, side. Hey, great run. Done. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. if we drop down to fourth in the league and lose our first-round playoff game, then all the momentum we've been building over the last four years starts to feel like, ooh. A little fizzle. I think a lot of what you just said, though, is probably what O'Connor's talking about as well. Exactly. But, you know, this that was a bonus game. Mm-hmm. Tournament's a bonus game. No, now it's, now it's a confidence half- builder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. in my opinion, I hope that's why he's... It's a confidence mm-hmm. builder. Now yep. we now we go to Bethlehem and this is the real work again. This is this yep. is where it matters. This is our three points. We've we got to get obviously know we can beat anybody in the league. Sure. If we play our potential. Mm-hmm. Gotta get out there and do it. The indie game is what scares me. The indie game was the worst I've ever seen them play. I mean, and I'm talking ever. It was bad. And, we were there. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a poorly played game and it was coming off of the backs of winning a bunch of games in a row, right. feeling great about mm-hmm. ourselves, and then it just looked like we never had legs under us. It looked like they that they caught us flat-footed. I don't want to see it. I, I want mean, to see the guys come out. I, I understand we're flat-footed, and I didn't unfortunately didn't get to watch a lot of that game. But uh, Derby Day stuff. We had some injuries at the time as, as well, right? We were. Yeah, we did. I think Obi came on. He didn't start. No, and he and Spencer both came on, and they made the difference in that game, gave us our best chances at scoring. And we only lost because of a bad luck penalty on Paco. I mean, we easily – that game should have been a nil-nil draw, but the way that they got the win out of what should have been a nil-nil draw was that we never really threatened. I mean, we didn't – until the last four minutes of that game, we didn't look like the better team at all, and we can't afford that on random Saturdays on the road. You got to start. They always say, you know, if you want to win your league, win your home games and draw on the road. I don't mind if we draw against Bethlehem Steel. I really don't. No, that's a point. Yeah, on the road, I'll take it. But there's no team that we should go in thinking, we let's try to get a draw. Right. right. Yeah. You know, I, there's no, and that's the way it looked in India. It looked like it they, look the like whole that. game, they were like, hey, if we get a draw, let's but, be happy. But yeah. I think India had our number in that game. Well, and again, they, what they did, they what did tactically exactly come out and play pretty well. They, they did. did shut the ball out when we get the ball wide. We like to come back inside mm-hmm. and knock the ball into Speedy or George there. It just, they shut that down. And I think they got to a point where we didn't really know what to do. Yeah. And, and so fair play to India on that as well. And the yeah. worst game that Paolo and, Spe- uh, that Paolo and Speedy have played is a pairing. They uh, yeah. couldn't get the ball, and when they did, they were giving it up on bad touches, and they were getting pressed very quickly. Bethlehem's not too <clears throat> similar of a pressing team. They're going to try to possess the ball mm-hmm. and not – they're going to sort of punch and counterpunch but not counterattack. Just, you got the ball? Okay, play good defense. Now we've got the ball. You've got to play good defense. I expect us to beat teams like that. Oh, I, yeah, I, I feel like you got to be gimmicky to beat us, and that's how Indy did it. Yeah, they were they they played us like we were you know that they couldn't exist without the ball. They pressed us so hard, mm-hmm. and it worked really well. We weren't ready for it, caused flat footed, and they got us. But we're this, we're coming into a weekend where you've got two teams that have come off of really good results. Yeah, you've got Bethlehem who went to North Carolina and got a great win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got us, obviously, after this this week and the yeah. Cincinnati game two weeks ago. We're on a high, and I think they're on a high, and I think they're going to look at it saying, look, we did a really great job in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're coming off a win. 
So I think it's going to be a really interesting game to watch. I think they're going to come at us. They're going to try and shut us down. And then we're going to try and do the same thing to them. It's, I think it's going to be a... I think we're going to win 2-1. Okay. Right. And we're talking about flat-footed and indie and whatnot. Uh, James gets the guys going, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, since that game... We've been attacking way harder. I think they ran and, for and a that, few that, days that, after yeah, that. Yeah, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a last night. Which, I mean, which may have carried over into Nashville. It may have just been yeah. But I think they ran to Nashville. Is what I heard. <laughs> he, he got the he gets the guys going, and yeah. since that game, they've had more shots on goal, mm-hmm. and we've possessed the ball much better mm-hmm. offensively. I mean, and the defense has been so good. The defense oh, has been so good. Uh, it's fun to talk about Cameron scoring goals, and that Luke is an ideal sub. To come on and oh, just yes, yes. just take down defenders who have got to be worn out from chasing after mm-hmm. Ownby and George Davis for the whole game. Speaking of, and I'm sorry, I'm actually going to... No. Yeah. I did like a whole thing in my head right there. What just happened? <laughs> what, what that was, happened there? That was good small, risk. Small seizure. He's that back. Was, that was good radio. Can you... Uh, no. no yes, Mild no. stroke. He's back. That was, that was good radio while I decided and then undecided. Um, I'm just going to mention it now. Ballard. Listed yep. as questionable. No longer doubtful. No longer out. Questionable. That's great news. Francis was available to play. Oh, I didn't see that. The I didn't whole see that I didn't squad. See available. The whole, he wasn't on the bench because of the internationals rule. Ah, he was right. available <clears throat> to play. Nice. We're getting close to healthy. And oh, Francis yeah, and Ballard are speed that we don't have. It's own B right now. How long is until fast. Ballard gets back to speed? That's, that's a perfectly reasonable question. I have no idea. Right. No idea. But I mean, he's, no doubt he's going to do it. And there have been right. some pictures of them at practice where he's kitted up. Nice. There have been some pra- pictures where he's not in a boot, where he's not wearing, not oh, on yeah. a crutch. Awesome. I don't have any inside information here. This is not anything special. I'm just telling you what just the excitement. injury report listed <laughs> and that... Man, I do not want to be the fullback who has to chase Brian Ombi for 75 minutes <laughs> and then chase uh, Richie Ballard no. for for 25 minutes. I don't want to be that guy. No, no, no. that'd be terrible. No, but what a great what a great guy to bring on after Ombi. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's and a decision that's well. And I think that we may have found the rotation here mm-hmm. also, where you go if Ballard comes back healthy, you say that if he if uh, when Ombi comes off. That you bring in Ballard if we're behind, you bring in Rasmussen if we're ahead, mm-hmm. and that when you we bring George Davis off, you put Nile in, and that that's it's sort of like last year when we felt pretty much like every game it was going to be Ownby and K, yeah. yeah, and then you were going to bring in Davis or and Ballard, right, and that was the basic rotation we mm-hmm. we ran for that nice championship run. If we can find that you know mix. I don't want to be the guy who's got to deal with all of that. No, no that's way. that's wave after wave, and the fresh legs coming on for behind the speed. Exactly. That's dangerous. Oh, one thing he dangerous. did. One thing he did last year was he actually when he bought um, when Ballard would come on, him and uh, McCabe would actually switch. Yeah, they would switch, and McCabe would go out left. Ballard would come inside. Those defenders had no, no. clue how to deal with no. any of that. Nope. And that's after dealing with the quality of K. And the speed of Omi. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. It's <laughs> fun. It's fun. And, well, I don't want to be a center back who has to mark Cameron making cut after cut after cut. He's offside. He's onside. He's diving. He's not diving. He's scoring. 
Mother Pearl. <laughs> you got to deal with that the whole game, and then, oh, thank goodness, he's coming off. Who is this monster? <laughs> As Luke trots onto the field, right. and you go, this guy's faster and bigger. So I got to yep. mark that guy I now? Think, I think we watch the defender's face from now on when Luke comes on. Yeah. To get <laughs> the that moment of relief when he realizes yep. Cameron's coming off, and that moment of horror when he realizes <laughs> that Luke's coming off. Uh, so I think it's going to be fun. What do we got prediction-wise for Bethlehem Steel? Let's start with the co-host, David. I'm going 3-1 City. Ooh, you think that we the momentum rides I, high? James knows what he's doing. He knows how to keep their mind in it, and I think they stay in it. And again, as you just stated, we're getting healthy again. Yeah. Be scared. Kevin? I'm, I'm going to go for 2-1, and I think we score early. They score after about an hour, and I think we get a late goal. All right. <clears throat> I like it. Guys. All right, I'm going to go with a 2-0 victory. 2-0. And I think... I would prefer that, by the way. Yeah. The 2-0 oh, over 3-1? I would, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> Clean sheets, man. They're, right. uh, oh, they're, they're, they're just nice. I've got, in my mind's eye, I'm seeing George Davis, the fourth, go for two in this game. Oh. He's going to 2-0 victory. I think that so Bethlehem Steel. I think Bethlehem Steel is going to spend a lot of time looking at film on Cameron and Ownby. They're going to spend a lot of time thinking yeah. about Oscar and Kyle and the overlapping. And I think that George Davis slips through some cracks, gets some clean looks right. from uh, 19 to 15 yards, and cracks a couple home. I'd like to say that I agree with you, but I, well, I even believe in you. Sorry, but after your predictions for the past Whew, weeks, I'm the worst at um, predicting. <laughs> the worst. I think this side of the table has probably got a <laughs> chance to get this right. So. That's probably true. We we will now give a shout out to uh, the regular co-host uh, Andy Frederick. Did. Is this, is this hard for you, by the way? No, I'm proud of him. <laughs> I'm proud of him. He's fired, but I'm proud of him. <laughs> he did correctly predict a 3-2 victory in the uh, Open Cup match. Not only, yes, job, Andy. Good job. Not only did he predict the 3-2 victory, but then I even pressed him for details, and I said, "Do you think that uh, we go up big early and they sort of come back at us, or do you think it's a back and forth game?" And he said, "I think it'll be a back and forth game." He I think he may have said that they scored first. I think I, he might I, have. I, I, I didn't go back and listen to the whole thing. So, In honor of his uh, awesome prediction, should Andy not be allowed in any more games? Uh, apparently. Andy wasn't he here. He wasn't there. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see how we can invite him back. Andy, and we take uh, him to the boat. I'll give you a cue. <laughs> now you're talking. You can just watch there. Yeah. And yeah. we'll meet you after the match. Yeah. Oh, I'm completely fine with that. Honestly, he also he also didn't get to go to the Cincinnati game, right. and we won the Cincinnati game. He had we must take him a chair outside the entrance by the we might be on the side there. We both missed the five nothing Cincinnati game oh, yeah. while we were in Vegas. Andy may be out. Andy, well, you're banned. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> you can talk about it, but you watch it on film. We're gonna review your credentials, and we'll let you know before the next home game. All right, that that concludes game reviews and previews. I I feel like we covered everything we wanted to cover so. there. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I think so. Awesome. All right, everybody got a glass on them. Have a little uh, raise a toast of purple stuff. Purple stuff. Now, yeah, it feels nice. That does get does get. I was just about to say that the first piece of purple stuff is that uh, the vice president here comes with all kinds of vice <laughs> vice presidential swag. <laughs> he has got. We don't do things halves in my house. Okay? He has got a beautiful, what looks like twenty ounce uh, Yeti. 
a hot, cold beverage. He's now modeling it like Vanna White. It's quite nice. It's a beautiful, hot, cold uh, Yeti for beverages. 20 ounces, uh, clear top, bright silver, but the nice part is the lovely Scouse's House logo decal along the side. And we only mention how nice it looks because there's going to be a giveaway, folks. He has not just one, he has got a second, and mm. we are going to give it away. Now, it's unused, let me say that. It's <laughs> unused. This is not something that's been laying in my house for three years. Uh, <laughs> and second, let us say that to, to claim this prize, because the Scouse's House organization is woefully inadequate at shipping things, <laughs> and to everybody who was supposed to get stuff shipped to them and didn't, uh, I think you have to blame the president and vice president. I don't see how else, who else you can go to. You got to go to the well, top. Well, you always blame the person in charge, and then I take over, and everything gets better. There That's you what go. Happens. All right. So, uh, so instead of trying to ship you the Yeti, you will have to claim it at a Scouse's House tailgate or Scouse's House home game. At at an event that we will be attending, and that we are aware you'll be attending ahead of time. <laughs> but uh, we're going to give one away, and we are going to give one away to the first person. The first person after this has gone live who is not a member of the Scouse's House leadership team. So, Steve, put down your... Uh, <laughs> or, re- or related. Or related to anybody on the Scouse's House leadership team. Uh, if you want your very own Scouse's House Yeti, the first person to, fo- to post on either Facebook or Twitter that Vice President Kevin is the best. That's all you got to say. Vice President Kevin is the best. You you have to tag Scouse's house and post that Vice President Kevin is the best. You will be the winner, the first person. Can, can you follow it by whatever emoji you want to to actually describe your feelings for? Me? Yes, I think that's even better. So I think it's going out of hand. So there you have it, people. Vice President Kevin is the best, and then your emoji feelings about that fact. <laughs> I'm imagining a lot of eggplants. Oh. That's just my uh, that's that's just my hunch. Yeah. Maybe some swirlies. Maybe some dies. swirlies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay right. with it. I'm but okay no, this is a, this is actually a really nice prize. Uh, depending on how fun. well, depending on how much the uh, recipient of this prize likes it, maybe uh, this coming season we will start mass producing them yep. as a uh, as a giveaway and or a membership prize. So please. Vice President Kevin is the best. It keeps purple slash stuff emojis. very cold. It, it does. does. And my purple stuff tastes delicious. That was the first piece delicious. of it. Second piece of purple stuff is completely escaping me. David begged me to write down all of I my did, stuff. Right before he, he was like, you, just should, you need to start writing these things down. And I was like, nah, man, I'm a steel trap. <laughs> but I got so excited about the Yeti. That I got nothing now. Um, no, uh, one piece is that the uh, second place all-time, that the second place all-time goal scorer for Lou City is officially Cameron Lancaster now. Yeah, Cam. Congratulations, Cam. And he is quickly <clears throat> approaching Matt Fondy, who managed to become the all-time goal-scoring <laughs> leader for Lou City in one, one dang season. season. Wow. That's just insane. Uh, and Cameron, I think this is his third year with the club and has been off-again, on-again starter. Some mm-hmm. with Chandler Hoffman played, he got a little bit of time. Luke Spencer played, he got a little bit of time. He ch- Chandler just set a record, too, actually. He, he uh, Chandler Hoffman, former Lou City striker, is now just got his 50th right. league goal, so. which puts him into rarefied company. 
Which and, I'm uh, happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was never quite the fan favorite uh, in Louisville that uh, some of the other strikers have been. Fondy, obviously, right. and then, uh, frankly, Luke and Cam. But he he did play well for us for the vast majority of that second season. So uh, he got 17 goals, and he is who Cameron passed to go into second place. <laughs> um, so congratulations to Cameron. Definitely. The second piece of per- – the third piece of purple stuff that we wanted to discuss – was the side-by-side comparison. Thank you to Louisville City Twitter and Facebook. Thank awesome. you to, uh, to Scott Stewart for posting this, putting it together. I because bet you that's going to end up on USL, too. Definitely. Watch. There is a side-by-side comparison video on social media of your choice of the Sean Tosh Hulk smash goal Hulk smash. from the St. Louis game, and then the Brian Ownby I don't have a nickname for Brian Ownby goal, so just the rocket from Ownby. That was an, it was an absolute yeah. rocket. The Pretty fear well. the beard missile that <laughs> ended up in the exact same spot in the net, in the exact same uh, uh, on the exact same side of the exact same pitch. Both of them were game winners for us. Both of them were U.S. Open Cup game winners yep. for us, and they were both awesome against huge opponents. So the yep. question then becomes. Who smashed it better? There is no question. There is no question. Okay. It's it's all Ownby. Is it? It's all, all right. Ownby. Give me your give me your rationale. <clears throat> so my rationale is is that a, so he has to work hard to get the ball. He did. He did work really hard to get the ball. He had a great little turn to bring the ball back into some space. He's facing east. He's not even facing the goal. He was facing the wrong direction. He's facing east across the pitch. He this little swivel. Hits the ball, little spin on the ball to take into the top corner. He had to work hard for it. Whereas I think Hulk's goal, as great as it was, mm. let's not take that away from him, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Mm. Defenders kind of backed off. I don't think they expected him to hit it. And it was a thunderbolt. Let's not, let's, it's, it was a thunderbolt. For, so from my perspective, I think Ombi, because he worked harder, was in a difficult position body-wise. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously that, and I'm the vice president, so it, it, it is what it is. I, and I knew, and I knew you felt that way, and that's why I asked you, you first. Did. I'm going to give my my opinion, which is contrary, absolutely. And then we'll let David, whose opinion I don't know, although he has an enormous Hulk crush. I know. So, uh, I feel we'll like let, this is going to go my way. We'll let, <laughs> we'll let David break the tie. But uh, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I, I think that Tosh's was bigger, partially because. It came from nowhere. Like, uh, we had been knocking on the door for a while in this game. And uh, Ombi, man, they're they're both 9.9s. You know, they're both amazing, great goals. The reason I liked Hulk's better was because Tosh just stepped up and said, you're not going to cover me. I'm going to shoot. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a fullback. I don't care. And they didn't pay. They didn't pay him any mind. He he just kept coming forward and coming forward, and everybody went ah. Who can-? And then oh my god, the shock of it, the surprise. Nobody's shocked when Brian Ownby scores goals. <laughs> Brian Ownby scores goals. Yeah, that's right. true. We but talked- this question isn't are we shocked? Is <laughs> no. that a goal? <laughs> we talked. We talked to Tosh on the pod a couple of weeks ago about the fact that, or actually, this may have been in the post pod talk, but uh, about the fact that he scored about one goal every year. In his career, going all the way back to college, he basically scores a goal a year. He had one year where he scored two. Nice. He told us, Andy and I, that night that he was going to try to double that this year. And I think this was a great start for him. Uh, he, it's early. It is early. He, he took what was there is, I think, the reason why I liked it best. No. Ombi may have earned it more, but Tosh just said, 
if this is the way you're going to play me, it was a smarter play than Ownbees. Ownbees was a great athletic achievement, brilliant. I think that Tosh, though, said, if you're going to leave me open, I'm going to make you pay for it. And also, I didn't have my speedometer out, my jugs gun, <laughs> but I think Tosh's was hit harder. I really do. I think Tosh's... <laughs> It also had had a cooler uh, knuckle on it than uh, than than Ownbees. They were both great shots, yeah. unbelievable shots. And I will leave it to David to break the tie. But I'm going. I'm going Hulk smash. I seriously am still undecided. Oh, I love Hulk smash. The reason I gave him, I mean, obviously the power behind it, as you said, unexpected, solid rip, beautiful up in the corner, mm-hmm. very nice. Uh, not something he does very often, and it was the lone goal of the game. It was. It was the decider. However, Ombi shaking the dude. He was yeah. getting mugged right before he shot. <laughs> I mean, it was going to be a call if he didn't score a goal. You would have thought so, yeah. And, I mean, I got to give it to Ombi. All right. I got to give it to Ombi. I understand. Hey. I mean, he he shook the dude like that was huge. I like Sorry, that. Hulk, but... I understand. Ombi shaking the guy was just massive, dude. I tell you what's great about this is the fact that we're actually arguing about two amazing goals and right. we're a third of the way through the season. <laughs> right. We are so spoiled. Seriously. So spoiled. I can't, I can't wait to see the uh, I can't wait to see the strike that we get in the next open cup match from the eighteen from the corner of the eighteen yard box I'm into the top left the corner. Open match. I'm ready for uh, this weekend. I'm just thinking in terms of Lynn Stadium. <laughs> yep. If that's where they're always gonna come. It seems like it. But uh, no, two completely great goals, well-deserved goal of the year candidates, and uh, regardless of your personal opinion, they are both rockets. Oh yeah, they're rockets. I don't have any more purple stuff. Do you guys have any more purple, purple stuff? stuff? Yeah, man. Purple yeah. I really do have no purple stuff. Yeah, I actually just I just emptied my glass. This is the <laughs> first podcast I've ever run out of uh, run out of booze before I've gotten even to the interview. But here we are at the interview. It's time for everybody to get to know Vice President Kevin B a little better. KB, hello. He's I pretty, can't help but he's British. I, I was gonna say I can't help but notice <laughs> that your voice sounds funny. You got a weird accent. Nice you got a weird accent. <laughs> you're a you're a transplant from England. Whereabouts are you from, and how did you end up here in Louisville? Uh, I am from a small town <coughs> just outside London, uh, South End. Not the South End on Dixie, unfortunately, but right. probably about the same same coolness and poorness. I, I guess I would say. But um. And then came over to the U.S. in 2003. Um, not really going to get into too much other than just say a woman was involved. Uh-huh. Because my wife will be listening to this. So uh-huh. we're going to pretend that nothing from 2003 to 2009 happened. I pretended uh, that too. Yeah, because not much happened. So. <laughs> and then 2010, I ended up in Louisville. And it's been a blast. Yes. Love, I love this city. Love it. It's just an amazing city. Well, we're really pleased that you're here. Well, thank you. No sarcasm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the official welcoming committee, and I and you beat me here, so it's not oh, like. So, did you come straight to Louisville, or did you uh, I lived in South, I lived in South Carolina for, um, right which was why I sometimes sound like I'm Australian. <laughs> which is always fun to dis- discuss why I'm not. Um, but yeah, I was in South Carolina until 2000, the end of 2009, okay. I think, and then moved to Louisville and. 
met my wife, my beautiful wife, had amazing kids. Lucky man. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know why she puts up with How me. How many of those amazing kids do you have? Way too many. That's what I've always thought. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of them running around. I'm waiting for someone to knock on the door one day. <laughs> Hello, Dad. Uh, oh, not another one. I knew 2007 was bad. <laughs> no, I have a 20-year-old who still lives in England. He's actually in Italy right now, I believe. Um, he's in college. I have no idea what he's doing, but he does stand-up comedy. Okay. Which is... That's not shocking. Extremely awesome. offensive, if you want to watch it. It's extremely <laughs> it's offensive. I'll share offensive. the link. It's, it is offensive. I, he, Outstanding. Sometimes he'll send me a message and be like, I am really sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, Dad. Just, just to let you know in advance for the next one I'm posting, and I'll watch it and be like, oh, yep, I appreciate the heads up. <laughs> um, and then you've all met Caleb. Yes. Caleb, yeah. our... Uh, Resident flipper with his hair. Yeah, he's a diehard so, city fan, solid soccer player, and one of our, one of the stars of the Scouts' house World Cup team. He did. He ran well. It was he probably would have done better had he not played an hour before yeah. we started the contest. Showed up and oh, got into youth. a pickup game. Oh, yeah. Youth. Yeah, we got there. He's sweating. him like, did you pour yourself? What are you doing? Come on, man. But he's what seventeen. We yeah. probably all could have done that when we were seventeen. I collapsed. Like, I'm forty-eight I'm, minutes. There's no way yeah, I've done that. I missed that. I do too. And yeah. then you've all seen Luke and Lily running around Scouse's house, like me trying to catch up with them, which is why I missed the second half of the Bethlehem game. So. <laughs> you didn't miss much. No, I did fine. not. I was happy. So. You were fine. Yeah, they they run around, so it's a lot of fun. So several kids. We know you just went through a move, and that you yep. are quite handy with finishing basements. Etc., oh, which yeah. is uh, always a fun skill to have acquired. <laughs> uh, so, growing up, I hate even having to ask who did you support while you were over there in England, <laughs> and surely you've given them up since you've moved let, here. Let me explain something first, okay? <laughs> so, because I think whenever you say I'm a Manchester United fan, everyone's like, oh my god, well, of course you are. That makes a lot of sense. Right. However, in the 80s, I started following Manchester United in 1985. Okay. Um, they were terrible. They actually got relegated seven years before that out they of the were first division. Terrible. They were pretty terrible. And this was during the height of when Liverpool mm -hmm. were just amazing. Obnoxious level World that no meters. one will ever ever get to. FC Cincinnati why, is just like, oh, one day, one yeah. day we can be that bad. <laughs> yes. Which is why I've been hiding for the past three weeks to try and not pay attention to the Champions League final and everything like that because the obnoxious was coming back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took me back to my young days of being a kid in school and getting annihilated. But um, yeah, that's how, yeah, I, I watched the FA Cup final. They, uh, they were the underdogs. I sat there and went, I'm going to pull for you guys. Weird. They had a, play, yeah. they had a red carded player. They yeah, were down okay. to 10 men. Two minutes of extra time left, and this Norman Whiteside, who was a young Irish kid, curled a ball past the Everton keeper from an impossible angle. And I said, I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love. That's awesome. And I've followed him ever since. I mean, I, And $70 billion and yep. 100 championships later. Yeah. Uh, well, I, we went through the bad times. I think we would do a good 25 years of happiness. I, I understand that. I actually had a similar experience where I grew up a good chunk of my youth in Indianapolis. Okay. And I had to live through the Jack Trudeau days of the Indianapolis. Plus Colts, where we went two and sixteen every year, or two and fourteen rather, and uh, so then when Peyton showed up and we were amazing for ten years, uh, fifteen years, yeah. it was like this is great. And everybody was like, "Oh, sure, you're a Colts fan." I was like, "No, seriously, did you ever watch Jeff George play? It was miserable." 
Uh, so I get it. Please. I get it a little bit. And David is the longest suffering fan of all. He's literally holding up a, a, a Detroit Lions icon as we speak. I had no idea you were a Lions fan. Because I'm a Packers fan, so this is even better now. Right? <laughs> Oof. I'm an everything Detroit fan, which yes. right now is just painful. It's not a good time to be oh, a Detroit fan. Lord, it's but it's really hard, other than the Red Wings, to point to a time when it was good to be a Detroit fan. Tigers had shined. 84, 86, 80 run there. They were awesome. When I was two. <laughs> well, Willie Hernandez's son was in my grade. Okay. In 86. Well, then there you so go. So I got to go do some pretty cool stuff. You guys are totally lost. We have no idea what's going on. <laughs> we, we forgot we were, we were even interviewing Kevin. Uh, like 86, you were in school with who? Okay. So a Manchester United fan yeah. moved to Louisville before the club had formed. Yep. What, uh, what drew you to LCFC? Well, you know, we I wasn't involved in the original... We'd, we'd heard about it. We knew things were going on. There was rumblings. And, and when it, the very first, I was actually out of town the very first game. I was in Florida. So I'd actually missed the very first Louisville City game. I was really bummed out about it. Um, <laughs> but I, I had known Scouse for probably a couple of years. Uh, I'd met him through his sister-in-law. She worked in the legal industry, and I'd met her through there. Because of British radar? That's right. I hunted her down. I was like, there was a British person around here somewhere. <laughs> I um, yeah. And I had contacted him through British and Proud uh, Facebook page, and nice. um, we had all met up for a curry, and that's how I knew him. But the second Louisville City game, I was sitting with the Coopers. Mm-hmm. And he had texted me and said, um, We're standing, I'm standing on the halfway line, just me and Jim get over here right now yeah and that's how it just started I mean, it was just us standing on the halfway line 50 yard uh, 50, the halfway line 50 yard line good lord i'm, a, I'm american now <laughs> Seriously. wow well and we were and during that time frame uh david and myself and uh the eight or nine people that we brought to the first couple of games right. We're all hanging out on the patio overlook deck, mm-hmm. and you guys migrated over towards that area. And uh, all of us just sort of looked, staring down into the official patio deck, going, the, man. The first few matches, nobody was blocking it. We could have just walked right down. Yeah. And, uh, Didn't even think about it. And then here we are, yeah. years later. You've got to give it to Scouts, though. officially have that. Yeah. You've got to give it to Scouts. Oh, he I mean, oh There's yeah. no question about it. I mean, he, he bugged Louisville City like no one oh, yeah. ever bugged anyone. He, he did. And I have no doubt that 80 years from now, when uh, everybody but David is dead, um, yes. David's going to carry on. I, I can sense oh, this. No, he's, he's going I to 140. I've done way too many dumb things when I was younger, dude. I'm out early. All right, so 80 years from now, I have no doubt that uh, when, when the new stadium has already been expanded three times and oh, is yeah. now the size of the San Siro, oh, yeah. that uh, there will be the Scouse end. I, and that every just like everybody refers to the ends of famous British soccer stadiums as the street or the person or the whatever that uh, happened to be, we'll have the Scouse end and the Cooper end, and it'll be uh, it'll be that way for. As it should be, will be as it should be. There will be a plaque. Yeah, this is where Scouse died. <laughs> That's where it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be after another championship. <laughs> yep. You it, saw him explode after one of the last one. <laughs> it's going to be ten times worse the second time, and the third time, and on and on and on. And uh, uh, I want to throw a big thanks to Insider Louisville and yes. Jim Nancis, who wrote a great article yeah, about Scouse's yeah, house. That was a cool. great that was really cool. About the formation of the group, about uh, Scouse's journey, and uh, uh, the Scouse's house journey into relevance and importance. And Jim did a great job of writing that piece. It was a lot of fun. It was very nice of him to to 
quote some of us and uh, give us a lot of love. Really told the story pretty well. <clears throat> yeah, great job. All right, Kevin. Andy is not here. Andy's not here. Oh, Andy, come back. Yeah, well, trust me, Andy asking <laughs> it would be way asking. worse. And then he'd stare at you awkwardly. Yeah, he does. In, in his honor and in his absence, I will ask his stupid question. It's, uh, really, it's not a stupid question. It's, it's not a, a stupid It is question. a great question. I will say it's a great it's question. Hard. It is hard. <laughs> the question is, what movie released in the last two decades is the best encapsulation and metaphor for the 2017 Louisville City Championship season. I'm going to say that you did ask me, you, you did tell me you were going to ask me this question, so I've been thinking about it over in my head and over, and the, the years of alcohol have really abused, just my head brain doesn't work. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Because I feel Dogs. like everyone else was just out. We destroyed everyone. We took them down, and we were just the one left standing. And no, and then everyone comes in at the end. That was the fans on the field. Oh, that's what I would go for. I'm completely fine with that. That's awesome, okay. dude. Dig it. I am going go to great movie too. I was a fantastic movie. <laughs> I'm going to gracefully not go and look at the date of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, because it is at the hairy edge of 20 years ago right now. Oh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it was really. We'll still give it to you though. And it was such. It's a got to be close. It, it's it's probably very close, oh, but it's a great it. movie, and I'm going to let it slide because it's a great movie and a good explanation because we were the last man standing, yep. and uh, I do have yeah, that was fun. I do have vague recollections of one of the Swope Park Rangers having his ear cut off. I, I remember that so clearly. Yeah, it was a fan, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Probably, probably scouts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't remember. <laughs> this is my souvenir. <laughs> I'm going to put it in my turf. <laughs> uh, Kevin, do you feel like we didn't delve into any aspect of your life that deserves exploration? Oh, nothing in my life deserves exploration. <laughs> I am going to say I'm looking forward to playing soccer tomorrow with you. Yeah. Greyhounds. Yeah, by, by the way, Kevin is a solid keeper himself. He is. Yes. He was. If you listened to the Wool Cup special report that I uh, published on the Scouse's House podcast page. I, uh, I did have a chance to interview Kevin after uh, one of the matches. He gave a fine interview. He was the captain of our squad. And really, the only part of the team that kept us from losing 11 or 12 nothing each game. That's true. And we're just playing one game tomorrow, right? Because the second game really <laughs> killed me. It's one game, but it's the full length. It's the same game. amount can, of time. I can deal with that. It was the sitting down part between oh, watching, yeah, watching the Scouse's house team crumble and not want to sit down because they didn't think they would be able to right. get up again. We that was sitting down four or five beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, beers, the beers did not help our cause. Uh, I thought we perfectly represented what Scouse's house is all about. I mean, it was. There was a lot of enthusiasm yes. and then a lot of out-of-shape drunkenness. Yes. <laughs> Which so is perfect. It, it was perfect. Uh, we were also very inclusive. So yeah. um, I do want to say that the Greyhounds FC soccer team that we play for is turning into a Scouse's house team. We've been recruiting. Yeah, it's and uh, I know that Shep. Graham Shep, I mean, yeah, John we're... Ryan Neese. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we've had a bunch of the guys. Jared Engler. Yeah. A lot of the cool. uh, Scouse's house crew is a part of the Greyhounds team. And that isn't making Greyhounds better, but it is making <laughs> no. it... Uh, yes. Yeah, this having a keeper man, This man sitting next to me, Kevin, is making having him pressure. Now, now we have a solid. You team. have no pressure no, other no than pressure. to not allow a ball to go in because you thought it was going to go off the wall. We've, like, seen, oh, your, oh, we've, we've seen your ability. We know you're very capable, so you have so no pressure. It'll be a lot of fun if you happen to be a crazy soccer junkie and want to come out at ten o'clock tomorrow night at Mockingbird Valley. You can watch 
the Greyhounds do battle. You can watch fat old guys run around and try to play soccer. And try not to vomit. It'll be really hot and probably stinky. Yeah. So you should come out. Absolutely. Every it's woman's a great dream. Time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they sell so beer. <laughs> my wife has shown up for one game and was like, yeah, no, this is no good. <laughs> not for me. Uh, so anyway, uh, Greyhounds, super exciting. All right. Let's let's transition into a little bit of banter. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do we'll do a brief bit of banter before we uh, exit stage re- stage right. The stadium situation. I don't want to talk about the brand new stadium, other than to say that everybody can't wait. It's going oh to be freaking God. awesome. Be it's going to be great. The U.S. Open Cup offers the opportunity for the team to bid on whether they want to be a home team or, or if they don't want to host. And if you bid to be a home team, then it becomes a coin toss to whether you're the host or not. If the other team you're playing also bid to be the home team. Which, we, why wouldn't you bid to be a home team? I have honestly? no idea. Um, and you have to have a stadium that meets the requirements available to you on that day. Uh, so there may be places okay. like Bethlehem okay. that if there was a concert scheduled or whatever, you know, right, they, there's no sense. secondary stadium that meets their requirements or whatever. Right. And I'm not trying to say that Bethlehem is that. They may have five gorgeous stadiums. I don't know. But uh, there are reasons. And so, and Minnesota just couldn't do it, uh, couldn't host tonight. Cincinnati won their coin toss, yeah. but Minnesota Stadium didn't meet requirements in some fashion. Oh. I think yeah, they couldn't play at their home stadium. So we have had the opportunity to bid and then play at different venues. If Slugger is open, we might play at Slugger. If Lynn Stadium is open, we might play at Lynn Stadium. We have played at Lynn for both of the first Open Cup matches, and it's been an awesome experience. But the first three, yes, the first three, Rough Riders. I forgot about the old uh, lack of prophylactics. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we've played all three games there, and it's been awesome. And the first two games, it really made sense to me. Because if you draw 4,500 people in the middle of the week, that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not going to do a whole lot better than that in terms of who you're going to draw for a non-league game. So season ticket holders have to go out and buy their own tickets, all that jazz. Uh, this game, we packed it in pretty good, 5,200, and I don't think Lynn can take more than 55. And that's, like, all standing room. All of the seats were sold out. Oh, it, lo- it was such a cool picture. <clears throat> Looking at the big screen stuff, that was a pretty cool picture. And it's been an awesome experience playing at Lynn. Uh, I'm curious what we do for this next round game. I asked Scott Stewart earlier today, PR guru for uh, Lou City, where we would host the game, and he said that at this point it looked likely that it would be Lynn Stadium again. If we got the hosting duties, it would likely be at Lynn Stadium. This will be the round of 16. It's most likely going to be another MLS team. We're coming off an MLS win. I'm expecting completely sold out, no tickets available, nothing. Oh, it better be. If we get a home game for this one. Would you rather, or even move beyond this game, let's say we go on a remarkable run and we make it to the Elite Eight, or whatever they end up calling it in this. We're going to call it the Elite Eight because this is college basketball country. (laughs) You make it to the Elite Eight, and you're playing against New York City FC. And so you get to see David Villa, and you get, you know, uh, more superstars showing up, international standard soccer players, and it's for a chance to be in the final four teams in the U.S. Open Cup. And you could probably, if it was on a weekend night, put 15,000 fans in the stands. And if it was on a weeknight, put 10,000 fans in the stands. Would you rather, because you can't do that at Lynn. You can't. No, they only, right. It can only hold so many people, and it's just not that many. Would you rather go home and play at Slugger 
Or would you rather play at Papa John Stadium? Papa John Stadium offers the opportunity to pull in more than 15,000 fans. Right. Extra people getting to see the game. <clears throat> the sight lines probably aren't as good. You're probably farther away from the field. You've got those stupid football lines out right. there that make it harder to tell what's going on, where the ball is. Is it out of bounds? Is that the football out of bounds or the soccer out of bounds? It's all. But you get a chance to bring more people to the table. It's under construction. And it's being worked on, but is usable. Would you rather play at Slugger? Would you rather play at Lynn with a tinier crowd but packed to the brims Lynn, in a soccer stadium? Lynn all day for me. Really? So you say let people be clamoring for tickets. I say, I say Lynn or home. Yeah. <clears throat> Do not play at Cardinal, please. Okay. I'll say Slugger. You say Slugger, get it, get it packed up. Yeah, I mean, we're used to playing there already. It's going to do two things. One, I mean, it's when we're it's packed in there. Like when we played Cincinnati, and there was just under fifteen thousand people there. Or the that place was rocking. It was rocking. Yeah, and I think it it gives the uh, for us we play there. But when you have a big team coming out to play somewhere like Slugger, it's a different environment for them. Right. They, they're everyone's on top of them. They're playing on a field that doesn't really make that much sense to them. Right. You stick them you in Papa John's. Got to deal with the turf monster. Exactly. When you have it going on in, in Papa John's, they're a little bit more used to that environment. Let's get them out of their element. Let's they bring them to the USL. Let's make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And you get to fun. have twelve to fifteen thousand right. people there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Lynn Stadium is a soccer. It is. Pitch. The field's nicer. It, it, it's, it's, it is a, a great field. Real the grass. acoustics are better. Soccer pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm all for making them uncomfortable. The one they, those those big stars do not like to play on little tiny fields and park park like environments. It would be I think it would give us an edge. I will I now that. say the one negative thing I take away from the game last night. I promised I would bring this up, so you're welcome, audience. <laughs> parking man, oh. Lynn Stadium parking. You're already paying between $17 and $25 to get in the stadium. And now you got to pay between $10 and $15 bucks to park because there is nowhere to park within two miles of that stadium that wasn't charging. You are automatically paying for parking. You're just you're signed up. Right. You, can they, maybe, you can't even park on the street. No. Right. If you get there two hours early, you might be able to park for 7 bucks a half a mile from the stadium. I, I did park for 5 Okay. actually. But that was the one of two lots I saw that were five. And, and, and what pretty, time did you get it was there? The, it was the opposite side of Cardinal. I got there about 5.15. So two hours early. It filled up quick, too. Yeah. Parking is a nightmare. Yeah. Getting out of there is a nightmare. Like, we parked in the Papa John's lot, and we sat and sat and sat. For about forty-five minutes after we Whoa, got to the car, man. and that was, lucky. and that was after we had already waited around for the players after the wow. game. We waited around, shook hands with all the guys. That's terrible. We walked all the way over there, which took twenty minutes to walk there in the first place, and then once we got there, we sat for forty-five minutes. See, I parked across the street from you, mm-hmm. and I, when I left you, I was out within five minutes, and I went right That's past right. Lynn. It was actually really good. That's just, but if just, I had gone the other way, you're right. I would have sat for yeah. 45 minutes. You have L's the one charging for the parking. Oh, that's the thing. Is, yeah. uh, when I spoke with Scott earlier today, he told me that uh, L got all of the concession and all the parking yeah. revenue. So that's them getting the money. And there's been a question about whether why we couldn't park in the giant gravel lots. Right. Here, there was actually a reasonable explanation for that. That has been being used as a construction zone, and there is a lot of broken glass and nails. That's what they say. Now, I don't know how legitimate or not legitimate that is, but uh, it's probably legit. Yeah. But if you've got, if you have two hundred cars park over mm-hmm. there, 
and 10 of them come out of there with flat tires and three people cut themselves in their flip-flops right. on broken glass or a rusty-ass nail, then I understand why they aren't allowing that. Oh, yeah. But it still stinks seeing two enormous parking lots completely <laughs> empty 40 feet from the entrance. So parking, not ideal. That's one reason I do prefer Slugger for future games. Maybe okay with Lynn for one more. I may be okay with Lynn for one more, but if we happen to get past to the next round of game, I'd like to see it at Slugger. I want to pack the place out, and I want no, to be able to park. Yeah. We, and we may, like you said, we may have already outgrown Lynn, really. So what if we get Cincinnati at home? Where do you get play then, David? Do you uh, play that at Slugger? That's, that, yeah. That's, that's Slugger. Yeah. Got to, man. Yeah. Got to. But it's feasibly possible that we would. Do you have a score update on what's going on with um, Cincinnati and Cincinnati, Minnesota? Cincinnati, there is 10 minutes left of the game. It is 0-0. Zero, zero. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and there's not really many surprises in any of the other games right now. No USL teams making no. great runs. Um, Charleston, again, annihilated 3-0 against Atlanta. And that's about Well, Nashville being Colorado. Hey, go nice. USL. There you go. That's the only one. Temporary USL. Temporary USL. So we could feasibly see uh, Nashville in the next yep. round. Yeah. I have a feeling the Cincinnati game might go to penalty kicks. Wouldn't Honestly, that be yeah. exciting? I, I really wouldn't hate to see Nashville. No, me either. Because no. I would really like to beat them. And I, I wouldn't mind going to Nashville either if we didn't draw the home game. It's yeah. Even if, even on a weekday, though, it's two hours there, two hours back. It's not that bad. I can get home at I can get home at eleven o'clock on a on a Wednesday night for an open cup match. Come on, man. Absolutely. All right. That's our banter. We've bantered. I think that's our show. Does anybody have anything else they need to add? Feel the strong urge to add? No, pretty solid. Everybody feels no, good. Just thank you for having me. Oh, I, man. I feel like I'm in the. Coming. With the stars right now. Kevin, it it's is. been a blast having you here. We've really Thank appreciated you. it. You did a great job. We might, you know, one day have you back. Who knows? We'll see. Dare we'll to dream. We'll give you an update on the Greyhounds uh, next week. That's that's <laughs> definitely true. We, we'll, we'll keep you posted on how the Greyhounds are doing. Although I'll say that when Andy returns, and, you know, Andy has a lot less interest in talking Greyhound soccer than the three of us. But, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. <coughs> Everybody gets super amped about this Open Cup match. Yep. Everybody get out there. Oh, one other bit is I want to throw a shout-out to one of our sponsors, Melwood Tavern. Melwood will be hosting a watch party on Saturday night. So if you want to watch Lou City play their away game against Bethlehem Steel, Maybe get out. Some darts. Throw some darts against the Scouse's house crew. Bring it. We will all have our darts on hand, ready to take on all challengers. Britt's not very good at darts, by the way. No, especially Scouse. I can't be good at everything. Oh, he's doing especially bad. <laughs> oh, I was talking about that. Nice. Yeah, he was talking about me. But, uh, you beat me one time, and I won't play one again. time. Bring out your darts. Come out and play. Uh, you probably could order yourself a Copper and Kings, which we recommend. Copper and Kings has been a great partner for us this year, and we've been thrilled to have them on the back of our shirts. And I personally just had Matt Sloan come out and take a look at a uh, pond in the back of my yard, and he's gonna do the do the business from Groundworks Inc. to get get us all cleaned up and squared away for the summer months for some barbecuing with a nice water effect. It's uh, a lovely fountain. <clears throat> all of our sponsors are fantastic. We love them all. We'll give all of them better and more frequent plugs as we go forward. Yep. But we are thrilled to be here tonight. Thrilled to talk to all of you. And as always, we'll say. Go City! Go City! Go City!